Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Friday Five, my weekly look at the world of well-being, coming to you this week from the sunny climes of Kenya, which actually links in very well with my guest this week talking about cycle care and more for the well-being of women. Now, before you start thinking about bicycle chains and lycra, the kind of cycle care my special guest is talking about is the menstrual cycle, all riveting stuff for women of every age, as we shall discover. So my guest today is Hannah Simano, who started her career at Unilever and led global tech teams across the business. Now, she left Unilever in 2018 and moved to Kenya. How appropriate for me here right now. Now, she left Unilever to launch the African femtech company Kasha which is e-commerce for women's health and personal care in emerging markets. She's now launched Unfabled back in the UK, which aims to change how we think about and shop for periods and to redefine wellness, adding menstrual health to its core. Now, regular listeners of the show will know that I often talk with guests about ways to improve healthcare provisions for menopausal women. This has included access to reliable, evidence-based information, particularly about HRT, but also robust menopause policies in the workplace that support women through this transition and help businesses hold on to their highly experienced staff. Well, today we're going to be turning back the clock a little to look at provisions for women at perhaps an earlier age and stage. Hannah is the founder and CEO of the UK's first dedicated menstrual cycle care platform, Unfabled. She is passionate, as you'll hear, about giving women better and more sustainable options to support their menstrual well-being and launched the platform after becoming increasingly frustrated by the garish branding of mainstream menstrual brands. These products are often sold in sterile supermarket aisles, labelled feminine hygiene, and are often situated next to, well, maybe the pet food aisle. It's no wonder, she says, that women report feeling low and lacking in self-esteem during, quote, that time of the month. Well, she's on a mission to change how women think about and shop for their periods, putting wellness and self-care at the centre of the experience. 
She's also campaigning for menstrual care policies in our workplace and raises awareness for the more sustainable alternatives to traditional tampons and pads that are contributing to the ever-increasing plastic pollution. So here she is to tell us about all these things and more. So Hannah, a really, really warm welcome. It seems a bit bizarre, actually, that I'm recording this sitting here in Kenya and you're back in the UK. What? Let, I'd love to talk about all your journeys, but what, what led you to Kenya? Because that's kind of front of mind at the moment because I'm right here right now. Yeah, I love that we've done a role reversal. So I, I I started my career at Unilever where I was very fortunate to gain a lot of experience in technology and e-commerce and building global brands. But I, I started feeling like I really wanted to use my skills to build products and services for women. And there's a company actually, I don't know if uh, you'll come across it in Kenya, you could order from them while you're there, which is called Kasha. Um, and Kasha was founded with a mission to provide um, to provide products, menstrual products and contraceptive products to women in emerging markets. And the, the co-founders, two really amazing women, um, they founded the company in Rwanda. And Unilever actually invested uh, in the company. And so I got connected with them while I was at Unilever and we got chatting and I was so excited about what they were building. And... I ended up jumping ship from Unilever and moving out to Kenya, to Nairobi in 2018. Yeah, quite quite a shift from London to Nairobi. I don't know how you found it. Well, I mean, my ex-husband used to live and work in Kenya. He was uh, doing a lot of photography and uh, and filmmaking out here. And I remember him saying when we first got married, you know, you must come to Kenya. You'll love the people. It's amazing. And, you know, I think my, my only experience of Africa at that point had been kind of like three days in Morocco, you know, I mean, very different to sub-Saharan Africa. And I, you know, I wasn't at all keen, actually, if I'm really honest. I thought, oh my goodness, it's going to be too hot and dusty and unsafe and all of that. And it, I don't know how you found it, but it just kind of gets under your skin and the people, particularly the Kenyans, are so warm and so welcoming and so wonderful. You kind of want to stay forever, don't you think? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, I had such an incredible time there and I do think, I think Kenyan people are amazing. And I think you know, Nairobi is a universe of its own. It is hectic, but it's also exciting and there's so much innovation. And, you know, I actually went out there for the first time in 2018, but I've heard that it's changed so quickly. You know, people who were there even five, 10 years ago, there are skyscrapers and it's just moving so fast and mm. there's so, so much, you know, newness happening. But what I loved was that you could escape from that and you can go and just see the most incredible nature and landscapes that a very different to a British oh, landscape, yeah. let's say. And yeah, just amazing. Um, but I, I love the energy there. My, my Instagram, you know, my, my followers sometimes say, listen, Liz, is this Photoshop? Because you put a picture of an elephant in your garden, just kind of like eating your flower bed. And I'm going, mm-hmm, yeah, that really happened. And, you know, we go out for, for a drive, literally outside our, our garden gate. And you've got to be careful because there are lions. And, you know, it's like, it puts a whole new meaning in there's a strange cat in my garden um, you've got to be you've got to be super vigilant but tell me about your experience working here and in particular with women's issues and women's groups because if there's one thing that I've learned through my 20 or more years coming to Kenya regularly it's that women get a very very raw deal and I mean we know that generally women have to put up with a huge amount 
particularly when it comes to menstrual care. But in the developed world, it's a very different picture, isn't it, from life out here for the average Kenyan woman? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the the, the good news is that there are a lot of groups, whether it's charities or NGOs, and now the private sector companies like Kasha, who are working to improve the situation. But so the, the difficulty is a period poverty, right? And, and what that means is for young girls or women who don't have access to period products, they might use, well, nothing at all, or they might use scraps or sawdust or anything that they can to try and you know, look after themselves during their period. But obviously that leads to a lot of complications that can lead to infection or if you don't have products then that can mean you might not want to leave your home and then you might miss out on education and not go to yes. school so there's a real trickle down effect of something that is actually so potentially so simple just having access to menstrual products and mm. the dire consequences of not having that access um but but yeah you know in Kenya there there are a large amount of of young girls and women especially in rural areas who really just don't have that access and i mean there's um there was a really horrible statistic that came out a few years ago which says that i think about 10% of 15 year old girls in Kenya were having sex to pay for period products, oh which is goodness. just totally, <gasps> totally unacceptable. So, you know, that, that needs yeah. to change and there is work that's being done there. You know, we're fortunate that here in the UK, it's way less prevalent. Period poverty is way less prevalent. We're fortunate to have better access and on the whole, you know, stronger infrastructure that means we can get to the shops and products. But mm. you know, what, I don't know um, if this came up on your radar, but since the pandemic began, period poverty has also been on the rise here in the UK, actually. And I think one in 10 uh, girls and women now can't afford period products, even at home in the UK. So it is a global problem, in, although yes. for sure the severity changes. Is it true that here in the UK, I mean, the majority of my listeners are, are based in the UK, that VAT is applied to sanitary products as if it were a luxury item? Ah, fantastic question. So the good news was that the VAT on menstrual care products was scrapped very recently. Um, and there was a huge campaign that was launched several years ago once we realized there was the tampon tax, which is that tampons were being charged VAT as if they were luxury goods, because <laughs> of course mm. a tampon is a luxury good. Um, yeah. So that, that's been a great advancement um so now there's no tax there's no vat on tampons pads mm. liners but there is still vat on um on period pants and some of these newer reusable options that you know probably aren't a luxury that are menstrual care products no i mean a luxury i would define as being something that you can choose to have um whereas a, a period product is kind of not really a choice you know, it's uh, I mean, there's just so much about this that I'd, I'd love to talk to you about. Um, you spent time in Kenya. You then came back to the UK and you started your company in the UK, really specializing in all of menstrual care. I think I think it's called cycle care, although we kind of have to be careful not to get it SEO'd with kind of bicycle workshops and things. But, but you know, cycle care is becoming much more widely discussed and known, isn't it? I mean, I've got two daughters, uh, one who's 21 and one who's 31, and they will really happily sit and talk about their periods and how they're managing it and what products they've tried and, you know, actually much to the embarrassment usually of, of 
other people around the table because they've just grown up in a very different culture, perhaps to kind of my generation. Are you seeing much greater awareness around all the issues that I know we're going to touch on in just a moment? Uh, I love everything you've just said because <laughs> it, it's really true. And, you know, we are seeing there is greater awareness and we do see that there are very different outlooks and um, I suppose confidence between the generations in terms of speaking about menstrual health and hormonal health but the reason we use cycle care and you're spot on we have to be careful not to be confused with a bicycle store um but it's because you know your period and your menstrual cycle it's not happening it's not this random thing that's happening in a vacuum and one of the things that i'm trying to shift in my work is is that idea and the fact that you know periods have actually been really left out of the dialogue about wellness and around what it means to be a healthy person but actually your period or your hormonal health is a pure indication of your overall health so for for me what's being what's really important to try and communicate with our audience is that it's not just your period it's your whole cycle and so how you look after yourself at the start of your cycle and how you're caring for your symptoms and whether you're resting or the kind of stress or sleep you're getting throughout your cycle all has an influence on your period and it's connected. So we're trying to join the dots really and talk about menstrual care, not just as the menstrual part, but as the whole menstrual cycle. That's really fascinating and how very empowering for young women and how marvellous that, you know, I'm thinking my daughters are, are growing up with this greater awareness because, you know, trust me, when I was a teenager, it was very much hushed tones and you were lucky if you got a sanitary pad in a, in a brown paper bag to take to school and kind of, you know, sneak into the loo and and, and disguise yourself with and certainly nobody would, would ever talk about it. Alongside the, the, the wellness area, which is fascinating, and I'm really interested to, to you know, go and explore more about the, the care that we need to take of ourselves around our cycle. And I think that's a very interesting idea. From a practical point of view, you, you mentioned things like period pants. And, you know, I guess I'm old school. You know, I was brought up with sanitary towels. I mean, for us, the, the, the big news was wings and, and having, you know, stick on bits of plastic that meant that you didn't have to wear some kind of elasticated belt around your waist. Um, and then, of course, tampons and applicators and all of that kind of thing. It seems to the conversation has really moved on. And, you know, talk to me about period pants. Can you really have a heavy period and wear a washable pant like a kind of padded knicker and still feel safe and protected and clean oh my favorite kind of question so we we launched period pants on unfabled on our website to sell to our community about four months ago and i had never used period pants by that point and i was still really a one-woman business so i was responding to the requests i was getting and what i thought people might need and a few people by then had reached out asking for them. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. That sounds maybe quite specific. Let's do some research and did some research and then ended up bringing a brand onto the platform that had amazing reviews and is made in the UK and donates to period poverty charities. And since then, they have been the most enormous hit on our platform and mm -hmm. they are our best selling product. And the, the heavy period pants that we sell, they hold, you won't believe this, they hold up to four super tampons worth of blood what? which i know it sounds almost ridiculous wow. you can't believe it but it's uh they're incredibly absorbent and you know you might hear that and think i don't want to feel like i've got 
you know, like a really thick, clunky diaper type thing on me. Mm. But it's really not like that. Um, they're they're really, really well made with very soft um, tensile fabrics. So it, it's really nice uh, to the touch. And they've got even a little bit of uh, sexy lace around the top. So, wow. you know, people <laughs> people love them. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can get them in different absorbencies. So you can get light right. and heavy and... What we found is that for people with a really heavy flow, um, whether that's postpartum or whether that's because they have endometriosis, mm. period pants are proving to be really quite life-changing because yes. they're so comfortable, because you can wear them for a whole day and not have to change your products. Really? really? Yeah. And, they actually, and you actually feel clean and dry and comfortable for a whole day of, of, of wearing a period pant. Isn't that extraordinary? I mean, my only real experience of that, I guess, of a really heavy flow was was having had my babies um, and then, you know, really just being knocked out by just having to wear, you know, really, really heavy duty pads because, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that they don't often tell you as a new mum is that, you know, you can carry on bleeding for, for quite a while and it can be quite uncomfortable. So that is very interesting to hear. And then what do you do? Do you just rinse them? Would you wash them? I mean, the practicality is here. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Do you just chuck them in the washing machine with your, with your towels or do you hand wash them down the sink? Well, you know, what, what happens? Yeah, let's nitty gritty. So the ideal scenario would be that you you could just rinse them with cold water and then you just chuck them in the washing machine with the rest really? of your clothes. Mm. Yeah, really, it's it's magic. And it's better to not use um, soft, softener. That's the word I'm looking for. It's yeah. best to not use softener, um, but otherwise you can just care for them as you would your general products. And yeah, it's pretty life-changing. As you've said, I think um, women who are postpartum have found pants but also reusable pads to be quite game-changing um mm. that's another product that's really popular with our community are reusable pads because again they are, can be you can get incredibly high absorbencies they're soft you feel like you're not having to churn through as many single-use products and mm. and yeah you can just chuck them in the washing machine so come a long way that is amazing. And what are they made of? Because I know one of the big issues which I'd like to talk about is the use of plastics and microplastics in sanitary products. And presumably these are plastic free. Yeah, exactly. They're plastic free. Um, they're called, so the, I think it's called a uh, tensile, which is the fabric that is the absorbent one. And I think it's completely biodegradable if you were to leave it. Pulp, um, isn't it? Tensile? Yeah, that. That sounds about right. So I need to dub, I need to check, fact check myself in terms mm. of the fabric <laughs> that they are made from. Um, I don't want to fake news this, but I mean, ultimately, they yeah, they're not made of plastic. They're not made right. of single use plastic, and it helps get rid of the fact that I think it's two hundred thousand tons of of period pads and single use tampons and liners and pads go to landfill every year in the UK alone. Wow. So, yeah, 200,000 tons. 200,000 tons to landfill in the UK alone. Yep. Oh, my goodness. And all that, that you know, I talked about, you know, pads with wings and all that great, you know, seemingly great inventions that came around when, when I was younger. You know, they are all plastic backed. I mean, they are all stick on pads. It's like, you know, the, the kind of incontinence pads that we get. They, you know, they are coated in single use plastics. They're not going to biodegrade, are they? Well, you'll be shocked to learn that a typical menstrual pad is actually 90% just plastic. It's what? it's made 90% out of plastic. 
yeah for real they're 90% plastic and so actually when you think about it as well in terms of the comfort we've got a product that's pretty much made of plastic that's you know in your most intimate region that's just there for hours actually that sense of comfort from not having a plastic based product in your nether regions is quite transformational I believe yeah Um, well let alone what all those you know microplastics might be doing within the system which is also very interesting how does the industry view this you know you came from a big you know fast-moving consumer goods company and presumably the companies that make all these pads and tampons which line the supermarket and the aisles of, of chemists you know, they're making an awful lot of money month after month from women for, you know, all during their reproductive years. So I don't know, what's that, 30 years more, 40 years? Depends. Um, You know, how do they view things like these, you know, wash and go pads and pants? Is, Is there much opposition to that? Are you getting any kind of negative kickback? I think the good news is that the industry is trending in the right direction and I think the large powers that be have realized that sustainability is not it's not a passing fad it's it's a, a sense of it's a it's a trend in consumerism that is only going to increase and I think you know Kimberly Clark for example which is one of the really big manufacturers of like Lillettes and a lot of the brands that you might see in the supermarket shelves that perhaps traditionally haven't been manufactured in the most optimum way. These big dogs are now starting to really invest in support in brands that are doing good. So I'm pretty sure Kimberly Clark invested quite a lot into Finks, which is a really big American period pants brand. And, you know, that's where that's where the market's heading. I think, you yes. know, as we've discussed, there are so many reasons. It's, it's actually, it's not just the sustainability component. It's the fact that these products are more comfortable for us to use and Mm -hmm. you know we want comfort and so there is that case that if you buy a reusable product if you buy one then you don't need to buy tampons or pads every month for I think it's 40 years that we have a menstrual cycle for so you could you could be like in Dragon's Den thinking about the business opportunity of using single-use tampons and pads for a lifetime versus let's say one menstrual cup, which lasts for 10 years and costs, you know, probably 20 quid. So people might say, actually, oh, it's better to keep funneling people down to buying single use products. You make more money. But firstly, that's not the best thing for women, for our bodies, for the planet. But what's been super fascinating to me is we've seen on our platform just all sorts of experimentation and behavior in that, you know, women will buy, let's say, a menstrual cup and they don't just stop there. Then they want to try out the pads and the pants. And they probably came to us because they wanted to buy organic and plastic free tampons or pads. And then as they start to get to know us and the products we sell, they almost their confidence grows and their sense of adventure grows. And, you know, I just think that we've been so underserved for, you know, for our whole lifetime and all the generations that have come before and there's never been choice in terms of menstrual care and actually when given the opportunity to start to try different things out or explore a little more I think people are really excited to take that so yeah I think there's a business opportunity and also you know women are ready for a different option. 
Absolutely. Well, a couple of things I'd like to pick up on there. One, let's just talk a little bit about the kind of the health and the environmental impact of making something like a tampon. I've heard that they are made with bleached um, products, whether it's a cotton or a synthetic and conventionally, you know, non-organic. So may contain all kinds of chemicals. Are there any kind of facts and figures around inserting these potentially chemical laced products inside us for, for years at a time? What's, what's your view on that? Well, it sends shivers down my spine in the most unpleasant way thinking about this because you're totally right. You know, tampons traditionally are bleached and contain toxins. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when you buy period products, they don't actually have ingredients printed on the packaging. And it's because they're not legally required to. It's it's really peculiar. If you think about anything that you would eat, anything you'd buy in the supermarket, cleaning product, you can look at the back and you know what's in it. Whereas menstrual products, they don't have to do that. So we don't know what's going in them. So they often are bleached and the bottom line is that we just don't really know yet the impact that using these products has had and is having on women's health. We don't know because it's been under-researched and underfunded, mm. but the research is starting to emerge. And, you know, we've been told that the toxins in mainstream products aren't damaging to women's health, but there's research that's starting to show that, you know, these can be endocrine disrupting chemicals which means it can just disrupt our hormonal balance in our systems and there's one research paper that's drawn conclusions between the chemicals in tampons and certain menstrual conditions like endometriosis which we still don't know and we still don't know what causes that so I think that over the next 10 years or so we'll start to really understand and hopefully you know it might be some freaky stuff that we learn about the impact of these you know highly processed and chemically whitened products that also contain often plastic and you know the the applicators are made with plastic um and you know i hate to think of all of the generations of women and all of the years we've had products like that and that's been the only option that is so interesting and it had never crossed my mind that we don't know what's in them and there's no kind of ingredient labeling if you like and you know when you think about tampons I mean I, I guess you could argue the case potentially from pads but tampons you know they do sit inside us for quite significant lengths of time and anything that goes inside the body you know whether it's a food or a medicine uh, you know, should, you would think, have to have some sort of labelling on it, but at least if there are traces or residues of something. And I guess that's why the organic movement started. I remember first being aware of organic tampons and pads, which were a bit kind of hair shirt uh, and, and you know, lentil eating, sandal wearing, kind of not not seen as particularly uh, attractive or sexy or, or chic, shall we say, when they first came on the scene. I don't know, what was that be, 25 years ago, maybe? And that was the first time that I became aware of actually what are we putting inside our bodies and what residues are left from the bleaching process, leaving aside the environmental impact. I mean, obviously, the, the bleaching of all this cotton and the waste product that goes into the water supply, etc. I mean, that's a separate issue. But looking at it purely from a feminine health point of view, 
that's that is a very interesting situation. Are cotton and organic tampons now mainstream? Yeah, I think I think it's really moving that way. I mean, you know, I'll say they're mainstream when we can walk into any supermarket or shop and there will be, you know, the majority of products in there will be organic um, and sustainable products. And, you know, you're right, actually, we've got to think first and foremost about the women's health component, which is the primary lens. And, and I think it's really hard for people to understand why we should be buying organic or, you know, sustainable products um, at face value because sometimes they can be a little bit more expensive. So people might think, ah, I'm not bothered to spend that extra quid on those products. But so we dig deeper and we can educate women around the, the, the health implications of using these products and of making that choice to use organic. So it's no pesticides or, you know, it's organic cotton. You can trust that it's not going to be damaging to your health and your body. Um, but yeah, to come back to your point, one of the ways I started building Unfabled is I would walk into supermarkets and do a kind of supermarket sweep and look at their shelves and see what was on the shelves for period products. And the first thing I realized, one of the reasons I started my company was I went into the supermarket and tampons were next to pet food in the supermarket aisle. Yeah. How does thought, that work? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. Oh, how how funny! How completely unsurprising that the majority of women—you know, two thirds of people—are embarrassed by their periods still. And you know, when tampons and pads are placed alongside cleaning detergents and dog food, yes. I mean, I wouldn't say that instills any sense of pride. You know, at best, like a neutral relationship, um, and at worst, probably shame. But. Um, I think, you know, I still go around and take videos of me running into supermarkets and I put them on our Instagram to see whether the shop has a sustainable option, a toxic free organic option. And I give the shop a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And it's been really popular content with mm. our community. But yeah, it's getting better, but we're still not there. They're still not the mainstream option. But hopefully yeah. in the next few years, as the prices come down, they really will be. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So what are your thoughts then on the language that we currently use to describe menstrual care? You know, words like sanitary products and feminine hygiene. You know, I mean, hygiene, that just kind of makes you automatically think that something is unclean or needs cleaning. What's what's your view on the on the lexicon of this? I think it's one of those things that you just don't think about, do you, until someone points it out and we grow up and we're told you know, we, we talk about sanitary products or feminine hygiene aisles, that's what we point to. And then one day you start to unpack that and you think, wait, hold on a second. You know, yeah, sanitary products, that's implying that, you know, there's something unsanitary about periods or feminine hygiene, well, my period's unhygienic or it's meant to be feminine. Um, and, you know, there are lots of reasons why this language is actually kind of problematic. There's, of course, the stigmatizing aspect of periods you know society still chastising them thinking that they're dirty and anyone who has a period is dirty when that's really natural and period blood isn't dirty but then there's also the other component in that you know not all women have periods and that can be for many reasons that can be for contraceptive reasons that could be for health reasons Mm. people are underweight overweight um you know they're very stressed all sorts so not all women have periods but also not all people who have periods are women so non-binary folks might have periods um and actually even some um some trans men still menstruate so i think it's just important that we're we're conscious of that and when we use language that indicates that the only people who have periods are women you know that can be isolating for people who perhaps you know don't identify as women who have periods but also can be isolating for women who don't have periods and might feel unwomanly by not having them so we we prefer to not use feminine hygiene as a phrase um, or feminine products we just like to say period products or menstrual care menstrual products and speak to the thing it is you know we don't have to be embarrassed by periods and mm-hmm. I think by speaking around it and using phrases like time of the month and on the reds and oh my yeah. goodness there are there are so many yes. euphemisms yeah oh yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> absolutely know. I mean it's very very interesting to hear hear, hear your views and what would you say we should be calling periods i mean do we just say menstrual cycle cycle periods i mean do we just go straight for the kind of straightforward language or is there any kind of new new wave of language that that you know myself as somebody who's post period is is perhaps not aware of and not as plugged into all of this as maybe i should be no the fact that we're having this conversation means you are definitely more plugged in than most um <laughs> Uh, so you know I think no it's spot on it's it's just not being afraid to use language that speaks to what it is so period Mm. products menstrual products but you know what I really try and do in my work and we're trying to do with our brand with Unfabled is going back to the cycle care piece you know really talk about cycle care because I understand that we can't change society and we can't change lifetimes of conditioning 
in you know one marketing campaign or overnight or with one Instagram post and the word period or menstruation or you know menstrual it has different meanings for different people and different connotations and you know cycle care for me is this phrase that is quite neutral and that again really encapsulates the whole cycle not just the, the menstrual blood but also symptoms or thinking mm -hmm. about your your holistic wellness so I'm really leaning towards using cycle care products, cycle care as language that I love and that I think is resonating with our community and more brands are starting to, to use that and to do that too. So I don't want to shy away from saying menstrual products and period products and we definitely still use that. But I do think that it's really important as well to help women frame periods within their whole cycle and their whole health. And, you know, one thing that's been interesting is we have people actually in our community and using our platform who are postmenopausal um, too and we're about to expand our product offering to, to really cater to perimenopause and postmenopause because mm. we just see that there's such a such a need and that symptoms for the different seasons of your life you know they persist and they change and yes. they yeah. ebb and flow but one thing remains the same which is that we don't really know how to look after our symptoms or how to improve them. And we really want to work on that. We really want to support people, whatever age, in understanding why you might be having certain symptoms and, and how we can help, how we can help mm. ourselves. Fantastic. And I think your platform is, is a great place if people are regular visitors to it, you know, for you to then move the, the dialogue on to perimenopause and menopause, you know, which will happen to every menstruating person. Um, and it's interesting that you talk about the language, because when I first started writing about menopause, for example, it was a word that was spoken in hushed tones. You know, women talked about the change and, you know, kind of in much the same way. And I think we're, you know, we're beginning to catch up with let's just call it out for what it is and, and be able to have open conversations. I've spoken a lot in the past about having more menopause policies in the workplace. You're obviously passionate about menstrual care policies is there anything that you'd like to see put into place in in work in in work environments and you know what what could we do about that do you see that as being important I think that the most important thing is is that we feel supported at work um, again whether we are in our 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s or probably 70s and 80s for the future generations given mm. the age at which we're retiring um, but I think you know you're you're totally right what is it? Is it one in four women going through the menopause consider leaving the workforce? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Shocking number. Yeah. Mm. So shocking. And yeah, you know, that's abysmal. And, you know, people they say that they ask me sometimes what I think about things like menstrual leave policies and policies around menstruation or people have periods and um quote unquote women's issues. I think yeah, the 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 bottom line is that we must feel comfortable and confident and empowered to speak to our managers at work about what's going on. And, you know, I think there has to be a top down approach to a degree and a conversation must be opened by employers that makes women and you know everyone aware that this is a safe space for you to speak to your manager or, you know, mm -hmm. if you'd prefer HR um, about anything that might be impacting you at work. Yes. I think that, you know, without 
the top-down approach, it's really hard to just expect women to bring a conversation up with their managers, especially yeah. if it's a male manager. I, um, mm. I think it's, yeah, the conversation has to be, the door has to be opened and the responsibility is on the employer. And, you know, we still we still operate within a patriarchy. This isn't, this isn't the way on the whole that organizations have been structured, really thinking about women's needs first and foremost. Um, and, you know, I think, I don't know whether you think that things are improving for perimenopausal and postmenopausal women. Do you think there's a positive change happening or I, there's I a lot do, of actually. work to go? I mean, interestingly, I'm being asked to speak more to corporates and, and organizations. You know, I, I do a small amount of public speaking and, and, you know, there are more and more inquiries coming in from some of the big organizations saying, you know, we need to put this on the map. We need to support older women particularly in the workplace because we don't want to lose them they're, they're so experienced and knowledgeable and highly valued and actually how can how can we make that life better I know that many of the products that you've got on Unfabled are sustainable you know they're the alternatives to traditional menstrual products and we've talked about the waste of things like tampons and landfill etc um, you mentioned earlier the moon cup and this is something that got put on my radar, I don't know, you know, a couple of decades ago, maybe. How popular is that? And can you explain how it works for anybody that hasn't come across this? Yeah, totally. So the Moon Cup is well, in uh, in the social, on social media platforms at the moment, there's a bit of a meme going around, which is an, a video of men picking up a menstrual cup and thinking it's a shot glass and doing a shot <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it does right. look a bit like a shot glass so for anyone who's okay. not familiar a menstrual cup it's a very small cup looks like the size of a shot glass that you might you know have a, on a night out or at the end I of mean, your meal I, mean, I, after I think a it looks a bit more like an egg cup maybe okay yeah maybe you're right it's a rounded shot that's, glass that's or an probably egg cup. just my generation <laughs> i'm not used <laughs> to doing shots in the same way maybe. no you're right let's get out of the club and into breakfast, the breakfast room. <laughs> so it's like an egg cup and they're made of silicon and they've got a small stem at the bottom, which you use um, you know, to help insert and uh, pull it out at the end. And how it would work is, I think a lot of people can feel intimidated by the concept of a menstrual cup or you know, putting it in or something sitting inside you or taking it out, but they're really so comfortable and and I think you know you've got to get over the hurdle of learning how to use one because it's a new behavior we don't necessarily grow up using menstrual cups and it can be a bit messy getting to use one you know I'll be really honest mm. but I think once you get the hang of it it's really game-changing because like we were talking about with period pants or pads you know, with a menstrual cup you can have one in for again, 12 hours so if you're someone who's maybe on your feet quite a lot, maybe you're a teacher or a doctor um, or, you know, you're out and about, the mm. concept of not having to change your products every few hours is really empowering. And, you know, you you put it in, you would then just empty it and rinse it out. Um, they're really, really easy to maintain and keep. And one menstrual cup lasts for 10 years. So, you know, you'll spend the 20 value. quid. But I mean, exactly. Fantastic. When you break it down into kind of cost per wear is uh, is tiny. And, you know, again, very, 
eco-friendly. Is it a bit like an old-fashioned diaphragm? I don't know whether diaphragm still exists as a form of birth control, but, you know, they used to be these sort of flexible cups that would sit over the cervix. And I guess in the same way is a moon cup designed to, to fit tightly over the cervix and just sort of catch anything so it doesn't actually come down the, the vaginal tract. So I would probably need to familiarize myself with a <laughs> diaphragm and maybe that's maybe that speaks that's, to that's a generational to, thing i think i don't even know if people use diaphragms anymore my goodness they they were you know they were big back in the day but this is going back a few decades uh yes so i know i think that i definitely remember in sex ed in school them talking about diaphragms and then i was yeah always very confused about where these went to in the modern era what is this mysterious diaphragm but the the menstrual cup it's sits um it sits just inside your vagina so you would kind of fold it um with your hand and then insert it into your vagina like you would a tampon and then once it's in there um you just it kind of unfolds and it unpops and then it just sits there um in your vagina collecting blood for 12 hours or however long you want mm. um and you can get different cups to suit different cervix sizes so uh you know there are typically different menstrual cup sizes for if you um, are kind of 18 and under or before having right. given birth vaginally or post having given birth vaginally and you can get kind of specific and figure out your cervix size and cervix height and find menstrual cups that suit you um, and test out different sizes and you know softness and sometimes menstrual cups can be harder or softer and it really just depends on the mm, person very very interesting now of course you, you you talk about the cycle and and cycle care and you know women don't just experience bleeding you know it, there are all sorts of symptoms bloating mood swings cramps do you cover that kind of thing on unfabled as well yeah we really do and that's one of the reasons that I started the business was I was trying to find products um, to help with my menstrual symptoms. So I was trying to find products to help with my cramps. Um, and I used to really struggle with sleep. It's um, something I've always struggled with. And I was taking these over-the-counter sleeping pills and I was just sick of it. So, And I realized that my sleep was kind of ebbing and flowing through my cycle. And I wanted to try and find some solutions. But I couldn't find anywhere that would allow me to search for products based on menstrual symptoms. And that was when I just realized there's this huge gap, really, in that we've got the glossy wellness industry on the whole. And it's becoming, I think, it's more real in that now we understand that wellness is also mental health and it is all these other things. But it's on the whole not speaking to menstrual health and it's not speaking to periods or menstrual symptoms still. And I thought that that was really weird because, you know, if you have symptoms, even if they're quite mild, but especially if they're severe and can impact with your day-to-day -day life, you know, how can you be well? What is wellness if we're not taking care of our menstrual health? So I saw this opportunity to create a wellness brand and platform that is really centering menstrual and hormonal health and that allows people to discover products based on their symptoms so we have categories on our website you can browse find products for menstrual cramps or poor sleep or stress and anxiety or you know bladder care um, and 
really any symptom that you might have throughout your cycle and now kind of really moving as well to support perimenopausal and postmenopausal women and the goal is to be a one-stop shop where you can find all the products you might need instead of having to dash around to yes. the supermarket and the pharmacy and you know then you're yeah well great great fab female founder-led brand i mean it's uh, it sounds really ideal and presumably a lot of these supplements are nutritional are they things that you find have helped you know ease pain do you get different nutritional needs at different times of the month you know do you need more magnesium or more b vitamins or obviously more iron perhaps especially as a younger woman who's losing more blood during the month yeah that's exactly it so we're, we're about to launch the supplements category actually at the end of february which is very exciting on our website and you're totally right you know the different supplements that can really support with uh, a variety of challenges and you know magnesium can be proven to help with menstrual cramps and magnesium is also found in dark chocolate so you know Excellent. if you needed yeah. an excuse <laughs> no um, excuse then... needed not here it's very good for gut health as well we're big fans uh, there you go <laughs> um so we're about to launch supplements but actually the products that we've had historically so I don't know if you've ever used a CBD product. Do you know, I was just about, that was going to be my last question to you. I am definitely seeing on my well-being radar, uh, obviously lots of chit-chat about CBD and even including CBD menstrual products. Tell me about this. Let's let's go. Yes, there's so much to discuss. (laughs) (laughs) So CBD is an amazing ingredient you know it's natural it's derived from the cannabis plant it will not make you high um, and it has numerous health benefits and so you know i'll speak you through a few of them but one one is that it's anti-inflammatory and it can really help with pain so one of the most popular products we have on our site is a cbd balm so this is something that you would apply topically onto any part of your body so that could be your lower abdomen and that will just be absorbed through your skin and can really help with menstrual cramps a number of our community have endometriosis and they swear by cbd balms um, it can actually also be used you know for any muscular aches or pains so people can apply it anywhere on the body and it can really alleviate any uh, soreness you might have but then there are also um, you know, ingestible CBD products. So that that could be something like a CBD oil, which is like a nice little glass pipette type thing. And you would put a few drops under your tongue and that can be extremely helpful with sleep. So personally, I take a few CBD drops every night before bed and I've been able to throw away all the over-the-counter sleep meds and now I get to sleep and stay asleep because it's uh, really calming, quite anti-anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it can really help with pain. So the ingestible CBD products like the oils are used often by people who suffer from endometriosis or chronic pain. And then cbd tampons um also that's a real thing (laughs) it's a thing (laughs) my goodness it's a real thing and you know similarly they they you know they have cbd in the tampon and so you use the tampon and the cbd is absorbed locally into your vagina and if you have cramps it really might help them so i really swear by the cbd tampons i i don't get crazy horrendous cramps i get sort of those mild ones that can just be really annoying and they really take the edge off without having to take 
ibuprofen or anti-inflammatories so um yeah i swear by cbd and before i started unfabled i'd never used it i honestly didn't know what cbd was and i i started reading about women's health and understanding that people were really raving about cbd and i thought okay let me test this out and list a few products on the website and it's just been the most enormous hit and i think people might be apprehensive at the start because you know we still think about cbd and we think about all of that horrible like cannabis marketing and big yes. marijuana leaves and it's not very nice um but that's not it and the, all of the brands that we stock for cbd you know we only stock premium brands it's all again organic um really top of the range and you know the packaging is really beautiful the branding is really beautiful and i just found immediately that people were starting out by buying let's say a three pound cbd drink which is just like a can of drink and then similarly to the other products we stock on the platform they start to get excited and build their confidence and come back and buy more and cbd has such a high repeat rate on unfabled you know people they buy it and then they come back again and again and again well that's because, the test isn't it yeah that's it's, the it's test is is quite life-changing what people are coming back for and repeat purchase hannah it's been an absolute pleasure i think that we've covered so much in so many different areas i wish you huge success with unfabled i shall definitely be going to check out uh, some of your products perhaps not for myself but certainly for my younger daughters po pointing them in your direction and it's just been a pleasure to chat today a real joy thank you thank you so much for having me it's been amazing fascinating stuff big thanks to hannah and for more information on all that we've talked about this do head to the podcast notes or of course lizardwellbeing.com well i would like to leave us with another mention of another fab female founder amy peak she is the founder of loving humanity an amazing charitable organization that empowers women living in some of the most deprived parts of the world we're talking about slum dwellers and those living in refugee camps for example and she provides sanitary pad making machines to get menstrual care products into the hands of those who are in dire need. Do check out their work and support them if you can. You'll find them on social media and online at lovinghumanity.org.uk. That's lovinghumanity.org.uk. A truly remarkable organisation supporting the sisterhood right across the globe. Well, that is just about it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward very much to connecting again next week for more from the worldwide world of well-being. Until then, go well. Bye-bye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.